Guys, when I woke up this morning to come down to the office to start the show, record the show, and do Pigskin Frenzy on this chilly Thursday morning, I was thinking, and it just came into my mind. You guys already seen these. You already know. But it's a love story. I just thought about love story. No, not the Taylor Swift song love story, but a love story. It's like love stories, like movies, love stories. Animated. If you want to go animated, you got Beauty and the Beast. Uh, if you want to go long, drawn out, dramatic, you gotta you could go with a notebook. Uh, uh, Walk to Remember. A lot of these movies and films uh, are love stories, right? You want to know a sporting love story? Thanksgiving and football. That is a sporting love story, especially when it comes to the National Football League and Thanksgiving. That is a sporting love story because who doesn't love good football and watching the sport that they love, surrounded by their family and friends, and eating wonderful food? I mean, it's 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 great, right? It is great. It's Thanksgiving football. It is a true love story. Why did you compare it to a love story? Because it just is, and that's what it, that's what I thought about. It's a love story. Guys, welcome to Big Skin Frenzy on this chilly but wonderful Thursday morning. I am Joel Norris, and whether you're watching on YouTube, listening on Spotify, listening on Podbean, or listening on Apple, a big thank you for taking some time out of your Thursday to just sit back, watch, and listen to some NFL coverage presented by me. Now, if you're watching on YouTube, subscribe to the channel, like each episode, leave comments down below, Spotify, Podbean, and Apple. All you got to do is just share around with others and follow on there as well. We have X, Instagram, and Facebook. All you got to do is type in Pigskin Frenzy. Follow, like the pages there. You'll uh, you'll get episode updates, news and highlights from across college and NFL football. There, These are trivia questions on Instagram stories. Go and answer today's NFL one, as well as all things up to date for Pigskin Frenzy. Guys, happy Thanksgiving. You, you, know, you notice how I said Thursday morning. Well, after this episode, I got to go get this episode done, straightened up. I got to go clean up, get out of this hoodie, Throw on something nice and change so I can go over to my family's house for Thanksgiving. So I have family too. I'm 23. I have a family too. I got to go celebrate Thanksgiving along just like everybody else here. Uh, but today we have an NFL episode. Keep plugging into Pigskin Frenzy. We're going to recap week 11. We're going to talk about, uh, you know, week 12 and week the weeks ahead of, of football. We're going to talk about, you know, the top games heading in for week 12 of NFL action. And by the way, I'm not covering Thanksgiving games today. I'm all, I'm not doing Thanksgiving day games today. I'm doing all for Sunday, but there's some interesting games on tap for Sunday uh, for, for NFL. We're just going to have to tune into that. We're also going to go into the injury report. And by injury report, I mean injury report. <sighs> this game needs to be a lot safer guys subscribe to the channel on youtube uh keep plugging in on all on all audio platforms spotify pie bean they uh you know apple facebook x instagram keep plugging into the socials and keep plugging into all things for pigskin frenzy let's start off with our week 11 recap and let's get this show on the road because we don't have all day because we got thanksgiving to attend to so let's dive into week 11 talk about the recap oh man let's talk Guys, let's talk about the Ravens and Bengals. By the way, one in three in my picks, if y'all just want to know that, one in three in my picks, once again, I made another mistake picking against three teams. It, it, it just happens. It just 
happens sometimes. That's just the way the cookie crumbles when it comes to football and when it comes to this show, I guess. So Ravens and Bengals got this one wrong. Uh, I thought the Bengals were going to put up a good fight in this. I thought that uh, it was going to be a lot closer and it was going to be 31-30. I was wrong. Final score, Ravens 34, Bengals 20. Ravens 34, Bengals 20. Let's go with the stats really quick uh, before we just break down the game. Lamar Jackson, 16 for 26 with 264 yards and two touchdowns, nine carries with 54 yards. Gus Edwards, 12 carries with 62 yards and two touchdowns. Also two receptions with eight yards. Keaton Mitchell, who said it was going to get a lot more playing time, according to head coach John Harbaugh, eight carries with 33 yards. Odell Beckham, four receptions with 116 yards. Zay Flowers, three receptions with 43 yards and seven yards. Carry Nelson Aguilar, 37-yard touchdown catch. Mark Andrews, two receptions with 23 yards. I'll have an update on him in a minute. Rashad Bateman, 10-yard touchdown catch. The defense notched five sacks and played relentless. The highlights on defense were linebackers Patrick Queen and Roquan Smith, along with safety Marcus Williams. Queen racked up 11 total tackles. Smith racked up 10 total tackles. And Williams racked up seven total tackles. Let's go with the stats for the Bengals here. Joe Burrow, 11 for four, 11 for 17 with 101 yards and one touchdown. He also had a seven-yard carry. Jake Browning, why are you mentioning the backup quarterback's name again? We're going to get into that in just a bit because kind of got – Kind of got some stuff to say about this. Eight for 14 with 68 yards on a touchdown. Four carries with 40 yards. Joe Mixon, 16 carries with 69 yards. Five receptions with 31 yards and a touchdown. Trayvon Williams, uh, two carries with 20 yards. Tanner Hudson, four receptions with 49 yards. Trenton Irwin, three receptions with 36 yards. Tyler Boyd, three receptions with 22 yards. Drew Sample, two receptions with 19 yards. And you were thinking, where's Jamar chasing all of this? He's here, Jamar Chase. Two receptions with 12 yards and a touchdown. The defense gave it their all and racked up three sacks. Safety Jordan Battle and linebacker Logan Wilson were the highlights for this team. Battle notched 11 total tackles and Wilson racked up nine total tackles, but the Ravens just kept on pushing. Now, let's break this game down. I mentioned Jake Browning. Why? Because Joe Burrow's hurt. You already know that. It's it's not a spoiler. We're going to get into it in the injury report, but Joe Burrow's hurt. Before we get into that, though, let me just backtrack because I can do that. Backtrack. And let's talk about the Ravens for a second. Here's what the Ravens need to do. Uh, the Ravens are, if I'm mistaken, uh, 10th in the NFL in total penalties. I think that's what kind of striked me. They had nine penalties for 110 yards in this game. Nine penalties with 110 yards. That's that's what's wild. They're ten, top ten in penalties. They need to clean the penalties up. I fully agree with that. I think they need to clean the penalties up. But they look good scoring the ball. They look good moving the ball. Their rushing is absurd. They can run the ball well. And what and what do I mean by that? We're gonna find that out when I preview and predict some of these games later on because the Ravens are in the Chargers are on there. The Ravens can run the ball well. They look good in the flow of the game. Defense looks salty. Uh, I think they look good running the ball. I think throwing the ball, uh, even though Odell Beckham had 116 yards, I think passing the rock could be a little bit better. However, <laughs> however, keyword, however, with this win, it puts them at the top of the AFC. They're eight and three. Uh, puts them on the top of the AFC. Currently, 
um, they are if they if the playoffs were today, they would be a bye. Maybe the number one seed and have a bye. I said before the season started that the Ravens have the shot at being the number one team in this conference because of the players that they got. They got playmakers. They got playmakers on both sides of the ball, including special teams. But here's my my whole thought, my honest thoughts. Uh, dropping the ball, that's a key one. And penalties, those are two keys that I got for the Ravens. Can they clean those up? I think they dropped the ball. Uh, they they can still they drop they still drop some passes. And I think the penalties are what strike me the most. I think this game could have been a lot worse if the penalties weren't there. Nine penalties for 110 yards is a lot. That's a lot. You're tenth in the league in penalties, and I think that needs to be cleaned up. Now the Ravens. That's my talk on the Ravens. Let's talk about the Bengals. Joe Burrow hurt. Guys, he's out for the season. You can hear a pin drop when we found that, when everyone found that out. The Bengals faithful hearts, hearts were just, they were grabbing onto their chest. The he's out for the year. Out for the year with a torn with damaged ligaments and torn ligaments in his hand and his wrist. Expected to have surgery. I'll nay, I'll repeat that in the injury report segment because we got a lot to talk about on that one as well. He's out for the year. Jake Browning comes in, puts up 68 yards and a touchdown to Jamar Chase. He carries the ball four times with 40 yards. He did the best that he could. But here's my thing. I've been hearing a lot about this game and a lot of people saying, oh, he's injury injury prone. Joe Burrow hurt himself and tore his ACL. Yeah, he came back the next year and led him to a Super Bowl. He came back the next year and led him to an AFC, another AFC title game. Guys, Yes, before the season starts, he gets hurt, and I understand that he gets hurt. He's had calf issues during all during you know before the season even started in the training camp. Uh, he's had ACL issues. Now he has the hand problems. Guys, it's not that he's injury prone; it's that he keeps getting sacked five plus times a game. <laughs> okay, he keeps getting sacked five plus times. Let's look at the stats. Of this game. Because I got more. Oh, trust me. Y'all think I'm done. I'm not done. I got the, I got the stats compared for the overall rushing yards, sack, everything. This leads into my conversation. The Ravens dominated the Bengals. And I'm not saying they just beat the Bengals. They dominated them in all aspects of the game. Ravens total yards, 405 compared to the Bengals, 272. Ravens passing yards, 248. Bengals passing yards, 136. Ravens rushing yards, 157. Bengals, 136 rushing yards. Ravens yards per play, 6.8 compared to the Bengals, 4.6. They allowed five sacks. That is a big key in this. Five sacks. I'm going to get to another interesting stat on Joe Burrow in a minute before we uh, head to the next game and before, you know, before we conclude this talk on the Bengals and Ravens. But, when you look at the style of play, domination, domination. Before Joe Burrow got hurt, domination. It just got worse when Joe Burrow got hurt. Now, five sacks. I said this. I said you have to protect Joe Burrow. You have to protect him. You did not protect him. Just going to say it out loud. You did not protect him. He's hurt. And you, we didn't protect him. I'm not saying, listen, I'm not blaming anybody. Injuries happen, but when you're getting five, getting sacked four or five times a game, that starts to take a toll on your body. Okay, each week it starts to take a toll on your body, and I think it just took a toll here for Joe Burrow. He hurt his hand; he's out for the year. That spells doom for the Cincinnati Bengals. Just going to put that out there, especially with a tough road ahead. 
the playoffs are uncertain at this point. Now, there's always an off chance, but right now, the playoff hopes are kind of dwindling for the Cincinnati Bengals. Interesting stat that I found uh, in regards to former Colts quarterback Andrew Luck. Y'all remember Andrew Luck, the cerebral assassin. I'm not trying to quote Triple H from WWE, but Andrew Luck, the cerebral assassin at quarterback. He's been sacked 115 times in 55 games, 11 times in playoffs. That equals 126 total sacks. Joe Burrow has been sacked 148 times in 52 games, 29 times in the playoffs, and that equals 177 total sacks. He has to get better protection. Next season, we have to beef up the line if you're the Cincinnati Bengals. We got to protect Joe Burrow. Otherwise, what's this all for? You know what I mean? To win. There are certain areas that you need to win titles, and having a good line is is pretty important in the NFL, and it's pretty important when it comes to protecting your quarterback because you already got the quarterback. Joe Burrow is is the lethal weapon for the Cincinnati Bengals, but when healthy is when he is a lethal weapon. When he's not healthy, he's either A, out for the year like this, or B, he doesn't play as good when he's playing through an injury. you got to protect Joe Burrow. My thing is beef up the offensive line. That is my my honest thoughts. Beef up the offensive line for the Cincinnati Bengals. I've been saying this, and I'm going to keep saying it until the drum has already been beat up enough. Keep protecting and build up that line. That's all I got to say. Ravens 34, Bengals 20. Ravens dominated the Bengals. Not close. They lead the division, and they also lead the AFC. Guys, Browns, Steelers, other another AFC North game. Let's get after it. I said the Steelers were going to win. I thought the injury to, Des- to Deshaun Watson was going to be, you know, a critical factor, but it turns out it wasn't because that defense is the number one defense in the NFL now for a reason, and they're stellar. Final score: Browns thirteen, Steelers ten. I was wrong about this game. That's for sure. Dorian Thompson Robinson, 24 for 43 with 165 yards and an interception. Three carries to 20 yards. He was crying on the sidelines because he actually led them down the field to kick a game-winning field goal. So good on Dustin Hopkins for kicking that field goal. And good on DTR, the rookie quarterback for the Browns, to lead them down to that game-winning drive. Kareem Hunt, 12 carries with 136 yards. Jerome Ford, 12 carries with 31 yards and a touchdown. Two receptions with eight yards. Elijah Moore, six receptions with 60 yards. David Njoku, seven receptions with 56 yards. Amari Cooper, four receptions with 34 yards. And the defense racked up three sacks and fought hard in this game. It was led by linebacker Jeremiah Oyusu Koromoa and safety Grant Delpit. Koromoa racked up seven total tackles and Delpit notched six tackles. Let's go with the Steelers' stats because I feel like Jalen Warren played a sensational game for this team. Kenny Pickett, 15 for 28 with 106 yards, four carries with nine yards. Jalen Warren, nine carries with 129 yards and a touchdown. He also had three receptions with 16 yards. Najee Harris, 12 carries with 35 yards. George Pickens, four receptions with 38 yards. Allen Robinson, the second, three receptions with 20 yards. Deontay Johnson, two receptions with 16 yards. And the defense played stuff and it tough, and he did not turnover. Linebacker Alandon Roberts was the highlight of this game with 15 total tackles. Let me just put this on here. 129 yards and a touchdown for Jalen Warren. I'm just saying the Steelers played a good game. They played a really good game, but it wasn't enough. 
You know why? Because the Browns have a defense, and the Browns have a defense that has, you know, solid in the middle, solid in the secondary, and they're solid up front. All around, that defense is lethal. They are nasty. They are a nasty defense. And going in there to play the Browns, they want it to be low scoring because they want that defense to win some ball games for them. And that defense has been winning ball games for them all year. That's why they're seven and three. If Deshaun Watson wasn't hurt, I feel like the game probably would have been a little bit, a little bit, you know, a little bit out of reach. I thought the Browns probably could have blown them out. I really do. The Steelers' offense was kind of slow, not in the run. The running game was solid, but the passing game was a little bit iffy. The Steelers have now fired offensive coordinator Matt Canada after this game uh, due to this game because of the offense. The offense is just kind of being a little bit slow, a little bit stagnant, and when you have playmakers like Kenny Pickett, like a George Pickens, like a Deontay Johnson, like a Jalen Warren and a Najee Harris, I can go on. A Pat Berrymuth, who is now back, I can. you can go on. You can go on, and I, I think the offense just needs to be a little bit of, of a better guidance and more explosive plays. But besides just the running game, you need ex- more explosive plays through the air, and they're not doing that enough. They're just not doing that enough. And I think Matt can't getting rid of Matt Canada, going turning the page to go to somebody else was the right call for the Pittsburgh Steelers. This game on offense was not the best on defense. They gave it all they had. The Steelers in the run game looked solid. Jalen Warren played an amazing game. Uh, Najee Harris made some good plays as well. The running game was fine. The passing game was just kind of not there. And the defense played really, really tough to keep them in it and make it close. But the Steelers dropped this one. And the Browns on defense, man, uh, the the injury to Deshaun Watson is tough. It really is. But Dorian, listen, Dorian, I mean, what he did was incredible. DTR and what he did was incredible. Dorian Thompson-Robinson, he was incredible. I mean, he had 165 yards. I mean, he had an interception, didn't throw a touchdown, didn't have any touchdowns, but throwing for 165 yards when coming off the bench and not playing much, pretty good, I think. I think it's pretty good, and I, I got to give him credit where credit's due. Let him down to a game-winning drive, and Dustin Hopkins kicked that field goal and nailed it. 13-10, y'all. That's all you got to say. That defense is nasty. First uh, first place in the league. They're playing the Broncos Sunday, and that's going to be an intriguing game because we're about to dive into that game as well. 13-10, Browns defeat the Steelers. Close game, and they're 7-3, y'all. Browns 7-3. Browns are a good football team. That defense, pretty, pretty, pretty salty. Pretty salty. Number one in the nation in the def- in the defensive side of things. Steelers just got to find their way in the explosive side of things on offense. Broncos and Vikings. <clears throat> Two good stories, by the way. Broncos after the trade deadline. Where did this team come from? They're they're going into this game. They're four and five. They are in it for the playoffs. Guys, they went from battling for the number one draft pick earlier on in the year to finding their way to get back to the playoffs. That's just and that's just great, right? That's a great story. And the story of Joshua Dobbs. Uh great story for the Vikings. Uh Law, you know, got benched against the Cardinals. They ended up trading him at the deadline and coming in last minute. First week, not even knowing half the playbook, and then wins the game in Atlanta or uh, against Atlanta. What a good game! I mean, what a good game, and what a good you know good story that was for Josh Dobbs. So, I put the Vikings to win this game. I felt like uh, their rush defense and their defense was going to hold them enough and pressure Russell Wilson enough. They did, but Russell Wilson just kept on 
fighting back. Final score, Broncos 21, Vikings 20. Home game for the Broncos and another home win for the Broncos. They're 5-5. Five and five. They're keeping on winning. Sean Payton's getting got them ready. They are keeping on winning. They've beaten the Chiefs. They've beaten the Bills. Now they're beating. They beat the Packers, the Chiefs, the Bills. Now they're beating the Vikings. They're doing it. They're winning ball games. Five and five. Russell Wilson was 27 for 35 with 259 yards and a touchdown. Javante Williams, 11 carries with 37 yards, two receptions with 16 yards. Samaj P. Ryan, seven, seven yard carry, seven receptions with 60 yards. Cortland Sutton, four receptions with 66 yards and a touchdown, and it, and that was the touchdown that sealed the game for Russell Wilson and the Denver Broncos. Jerry Judy, five receptions with 58 yards. Jaleel McLaughlin, who's been coming into his own in this offense for the Denver Broncos, five receptions with 14 yards. The defense racked up two sacks and forced not one, not two, but three turnovers, including an interception by defensive back Jaquan McMillan. Linebacker Alex Singleton was the highlight of this defense with 16 total tackles. Let's go with the Vikings really quick. No, Justin Jefferson did not come back. Joshua Dobbs, 20 for 32 with 221 yards and a touchdown with one interception. Eight carries with 21 yards and a touchdown. Alexander Mattinson, 18 carries with 81 yards. Ty Chandler, 10 carries with 73 yards. Four receptions with 37 yards. TJ Hawkinson, four receptions with 55 yards. Josh Oliver, four receptions with 47 yards and a touchdown. Jordan Addison, three receptions with 44 yards. And Brandon Powell, three receptions with 32 yards. The defense racked up two sacks and played with toughness. Linebacker Evan Pace Jr. was the highlight for this defense with nine total tackles. Something about this Broncos team, man. I just don't know what it is yet. I got I to put... They, they have a tough game Sunday against the Browns. We're covering that one. We're covering that one. We're going to talk about that one later on. But when you look at it, something about this Broncos team, man, I just can't really put my finger on it. I don't know what happened. Between the trade, between before the trade deadline... And after something was said, something happened, I just don't know what it is. Their defense is playing, their defense has been playing kind of stingy, okay at times. They still got a lot of things to work on on defense. I'm going to get to that when we talk about the Broncos and Browns game Sunday. But they're fighting. They're not the best team, but they're fighting. They're, 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 they're literally boxing out there with everybody and, put, and putting up a fight. They're five and five. They keep winning. They got a shot at going to the playoffs. Who knew? That's what I'm thinking. I said that last week. Who knew about this Broncos team? I didn't. I for sure didn't. I didn't have the Broncos in it. Honestly, I really did not. I didn't have the Broncos in it. I had them last in the AFC West. Okay, I had them last in the AFC West division. Now. The Broncos are coming into their own. Russell Wilson still atop of the leaderboard when it comes to some touchdowns. I think, I think that Russell Wilson has been quietly playing like how he used to. No one's noticed it. I'm starting to notice it now that Russell Wilson's quietly playing like he was when he was leading the Seahawks to the promised land. So uh, the Broncos, uh, to put it in Russell Wilson's word, guys, Broncos country, y'all are starting to ride. Y'all are starting to ride. Five and five uh, on a huge winning streak right now. And 
Y'all play, y'all play, y'all pretty, pretty solid football game against a pretty tough team this past Sunday. So credit to the Denver Broncos. The Vikings, uh, my only question is when is Justin Jefferson coming back? I think Justin Jefferson is a big part of that game plan and a huge part of that team. Uh, he, it is, he has, his weeks have been, you know, he was supposed to return to week 11. He has not returned in week 11. It's week 12. Uh, the, he has not been activated from IR yet. He's just the hamstrings getting better, but I feel like they're starting to protect him a little bit, which is fine. I would protect your best player as long as he can, but eventually the team's going to start to need you soon. So we just got to figure out when the right time for him to come back is. Uh, Justin Jefferson is a big part of this team. Now, Josh Dobbs gave it all he had. I just felt like he was pressured. He was pressured a lot. Uh, the defense uh, got him, and they and they even he forced three turnovers. Uh, three turnovers. There were fumbles, two, uh, two big fumbles, and one interception that was crucial in this game. And I feel like that's why the game got close. In this, I, I think that those turnovers by the Vikings kind of just ended up giving Denver a little bit of edge, and the Russell Wilson just brought them down the field and you know tossed a dime to Cortland Sutton for the win. And I think those turnovers proved to be crucial for this Vikings team. Uh, long season ahead, Vikings got <laughs> Vikings are going to start. You know, Vikings are going to try to come back from this, and I fully believe that they can. Uh, Broncos still riding the highway of the momentum, but the schedule does not get any easier. The next two games they got are the Browns and the Texans, and those two teams have been playing solid. So we're going to see what happens between those two teams, and we're going to see what happens from here on out. Broncos 21, Vikings 20. Final score there, and the Broncos are going to keep on rolling. They're 5-5. Five and five. Vikings are going to go out to the draw on board and uh, at 6-5. and five. So, Eagles Chiefs Super Bowl 57 rematch. The Battle of the Kelsey Brothers are upon us once again. And I watched that game back and forth. Chiefs were up 17-7 at the half. And then they didn't score at all in the second half. The key conversation that we're about to have. Second half. Final score. Eagles 21, Chiefs 17. Eagles came back. And won and got the re got the W in the rematch. Jalen Hurts, 14 for 20 sec, 14 for 22, 150 yards with one interception, 12 carries with 29 yards and two touchdowns. DeAndre Swift, 12 carries with 76 yards and a touchdown, three receptions with 31 yards. Devontae Smith, six receptions with 99 yards. AJ Brown, eight-yard catch. The defense played really well and racked up two turnovers, and it was led by safety Kevin Byard, safety Reed Blakenship, and linebacker Zach Cunningham. Byard notched eight tackles. And an interception. Blankenship racked up seven total tackles, and Cunningham also racked up seven total tackles. Let's go with the Chiefs here really quick. Patrick Mahomes, 24 for 43, with 177 yards and two touchdowns, with one interception. Six carries with 38 yards. Isaiah Pacheco, 19 carries with 81 yards. Clyde Edwards Hilaire, two carries with 20 yards. Kadarius Tony, two carries with 14 yards, two receptions with 12 yards. Nicole Hardman, 12, two receptions with 12 yards. Same, same stat, kind of interesting. Rashi Rice, four receptions with 42 yards. Travis Kelsey, seven receptions with 44 yards and a touchdown. Justin Watson, five receptions with 53 yards and a touchdown. And the defense was stellar the whole game. That defense played hard. And, and they racked up five sacks, forced one turnover, and Chris Jones, defensive lineman, notched five tackles and two sacks. Defensive back Trent McDuffie racked up four tackles and two sacks. Defensive back 
and linebacker Drew Tranquil both had seven total tackles. So let's go with the Eagles really quick. Good win, strong win. You're nine and one. Second nine and win. Oh, I mean, four, five nine and win starts, with, you know, now. And every, each time they've had that, this is their fifth nine and win start. And the four times they've had that previously, they've gone to the Super Bowl. So we'll see what happens from here on out. They may be Super Bowl bound. Who knows? We'll see what just happens. But the Eagles on offense are still trying to find that rhythm. Uh, new play callers in uh, for the Eagles. And I feel like they're still trying to find that rhythm for, you know, just trying to find that rhythm, right? I mean, some of their plays. And if I can just take a moment and look and just look at, you know, <clears throat> look at everything for the Eagles. Brian Johnson, the play caller. Now, I want to know, you know, the bio and the stats for Pigskin Frenzy here. Don't worry about it. So, they're still trying to find a rhythm on offense. They looked a little sluggish. Now, when you look a little sluggish, it's it's, it's kind of hard to say that when, I mean, Jalen Hurts, I mean, ran for two touchdowns, 29 yards, and DeAndre Swift ran the ball a lot as well. So uh, DeAndre Swift and Devontae Smith were two key factors into this game. Uh, Devontae Smith threw up, yeah, Hearts threw a bomb down the field to Devontae Smith, calls the first and goal. They ended up scoring. Jalen Hurts' second touchdown of the game, made it 21-17 and took the lead late. Now, Eagles looked a little bit sluggish on offense to start out. Now, second half, they came into their own in the second half and ended up picking the pace up a little bit, ended up winning the game. Brian Johnson, they're still getting used to him, still getting used to him. But hey, it's fine. Let's, you know, it's a work in progress still. Work in progress may not, it may take you a little bit while, I mean, a, lot, a long while than others, and it may take you more time than others, but it's going to start to get in the groove. You start to get into the groove, and you'll find you'll find a way. That's why I couldn't piece, like, put it together. I was like, the Eagles start off sluggish for some reason when it comes to their offense, but I now figured it out. New play caller. It's all there. You know, just, just take some time. So the Eagles, 9-1, 21-17. Let's talk about the Chiefs really quick. Chiefs, solid offense in the first half. I mean, first half, they're great. But they're non-existent in the second half. It's like you're looking and you quote back to the future and you knock on some knock on uh you know George McFly's head and Biff's there going, Hello, McFly, anybody home? That's what I'm saying to the Kansas City Chiefs. Are y'all there? Hello? Because I don't see them. I don't see them in the second half. They're non-existent. What do I mean by that? Stat by Ari Mir Ari Miranov. Miranov Miranov Miranov, and he is a great uh, reporter, uh, Ari Meroff, uh, he posted this on X, and I thought it was a good stat to say on the show, so uh, give credit to Ari Meroff. Uh, the Chiefs are averaging 5.3 points per game in the second half through 10 games. The rest of the NFL teams have more. However, they have not scored in the second half in a game since October 22nd. Real stat, by the way. Real stat. October 22nd. Week 8 versus the Broncos, 0 points. Week 9 versus the Dolphins, 0 points. And Week 11 versus the Eagles, 0 points. I haven't scored in the second half at all. Also a big thing in this game for the Chiefs was drops. They dropped the ball a ton. They dropped the ball a ton. They lead the league in most drops with 26. Prime example, 
of a drop. Mahomes stepped back, dropped it down the field. He bombed the thing down the field. Uh, Roby was guarding Mar- uh, Marquez Vandalis- uh, Valdez Scantling. Scantling had it, had him beat for a touchdown to put him ahead to probably seal the game, could have. And he dropped it. He dropped it in the end zone, or close to the end zone, rather, and did not score. Close, and it was too frustrating. you got to catch those. The ball was money, and it was right there. 26 drops, and that leads the league in the NFL. That is tough right there, y'all. That is tough for anybody. You lead the league in 26 drops, and you're pretty much non-existent in the second half. That's going to be tough. you got to play 60 minutes of football. And can the Chiefs do that? That is the biggest question for the Chiefs. The two biggest questions, can they catch footballs, and can they play a complete football game? We have yet to see it through the first 10 games of the year, and especially throughout the month of October, heading into now November, we have yet to see it. 60 minutes. It is starting a little bit time now because, you know, December will roll around, and that is the final month. So December, kind of like, you know, in college, in uh, college, November is the month for college football. December is the month for NFL because the playoffs are that next month, technically next year. Ha ha, yeah, gotcha. But it is that, you know, that is that is the, the NFL version. December is the NFL version of college in November, right? You got to play in November, and it's time. It's time to start playing and play 60 minutes. That is my advice. Just play my take. Please play 60 minutes. When they play 60 minutes of football, they're one of the best, if not the best team in the National Football League, hands down. Final score, 21-17. Eagles get the win. I was right on that pick. I said the Eagles were going to win. Close game, and the Eagles get the win over a Chiefs team that just needs to play 60 minutes minutes of football. Now, let's go with the injury report. That was the week 11 NFL recap. Let's go with the injury report really quick. Talk about that and let's preview some of these ball games. Oh. There are too many injuries, ladies and gentlemen. There are too many injuries. And I'm going to pull up an injury because I, I did these notes uh on Tuesday, so I have to add a little bit more in, right? So, and let's just talk about this. So, I'll pull up my socials here. Got my notes here. Joe Burrow, you already know, he is out for the rest of the season after tearing ligaments in his hand, and he will get surgery. Tough break there. We got to figure out what the Bengals are going to do next. That's going to be the tough part. What are the Bengals going to do next? I know Jay Browning's a good option. He's a good. He's a, he he showed some promise late in the game against the Ravens, but Joe Burrow's going to not being there is going to hurt, and I know it's going to hurt. It's it's just tough for your chances in the playoffs. Your chances are now hurt you didn't need to lose against the texans you didn't need to lose joe burrow in general so that's gonna be tough ravens tight end and i said i was gonna have an update on mark andrews ravens tight end mark andrews uh was going to catch the ball and he caught the ball and going for a, a catch he got got caught tackled hip drop tackle and he was down it is looking like now, because it is a serious injury, according to head coach John Harbaugh, that Mark Andrews is now out for the remainder of the year. And you probably already saw this on my socials and uh, in general when the game you know, happened. But uh, it's out for the remainder of the year after cracking his fibula and damaging his ankle ligaments. Now, while he was out, this is a new report, while he's out for now, head coach John Harbaugh said that there is an outside chance he might actually return. 
after the MRI results were a little bit cleaner and the injury might be a little less serious than we all thought, which is good news for any, for Ravens fans and for Mark Andrews in general. He is being evaluated by team personnel and doctors, and so there is optimism, which is good. Uh, if there's an off chance that that you can get him back, that is good. But here's the thing. For this injury, the Ravens have to go deep into the playoffs. I feel like for them to get him back, they have to, you know, get him back. So, uh, you have to get him back. But not only that, you got to go deep into the playoffs. You got to make a deep run. And I feel like to get him back, you got to be there. You got to be in it necessarily. You got to be in the AFC, the AFC Conference Championship or, close, or probably in the Super Bowl to get him back. So it's going to be tough, but I don't know. Uh, Mark Andrews right now is looking like he's out for the year. Chargers defensive end Joey Bosa is going to be on IR due to a foot sprain, and he will miss time. So he will miss at least foot game, four games due to a foot sprain. He injured it during the Packers. Man, that is tough to lose one of your best edge rushers. They have Khalil Mack, sure, but Joey Bosa makes a dynamic you know, threat to help out Khalil Mack on the edge. So Bill's safety, Taylor Lewis, was involved uh, in a scary hit Sunday versus the Jets. My apologies, Taylor Rapp. Taylor, Taylor Rapp, my fault. My fault. I put Lewis on there. I don't know why. Taylor Rapp. My apologies. Taylor Rapp was involved in a scary hit. Sunday versus the Jets. He was locked into an ambulance and was ruled out for the rest of the game with a neck injury. Now, good news is this. All of his tests came back negative, and he has a shot to get clear to play Sunday versus the Eagles. So good thing there for Taylor Rapp, and I'll be covering and reporting that game. So that is good for him. Now, Rams wide receiver Cooper Cup has a low ankle sprain in his day-to-day. I do not have the latest updates on Cooper Cup yet. I will sure post them on the socials and let you guys know what's happening with Cooper Cup. Not good because he just come back, and I just felt like, man, tough break there. Seahawks quarterback Geno Smith is questionable versus the 49ers tonight due to his bicep injury he suffered against the Rams. At the same time, Seahawks running back Kenneth Walker is questionable versus the 49ers tonight due to his oblique injury he suffered versus the Rams. So two big losses there. Drew Locke came in, and he will get the nod if Geno Smith is unable to go. Um, It is tough to lose not only him, but your running back, Kenneth Walker, because he provides a dynamic threat. Now, you're playing against a, a 49ers team tonight on Thanksgiving that is pretty uh, is pretty deadly when they're healthy. And I feel like it's a team that you don't need to mess with when healthy. So how I look at it is you probably are hoping one of the two guys come back. Uh, I would assume you may would want to get Geno Smith back. Uh, Geno Smith's been playing, you know, not the best, but playing, you know, good enough to try to get them victories and try to get them the win. And I think he's your best chance to, chance to win at this current time. And I feel like with the bicep, they've been resting it. So let's see what happens there as they've been resting. And Kenneth Walker with a bleak injury, he, let's see what happens. And we're uncertain at this time, but we will keep up with some, you know, updates uh, as the day goes on here on Thanksgiving. Dolphins running back Devon A. Chain has re-aggravated the same injury, uh, knee injury that put him on the IR in the first place. He wasn't required any surgery, won't require any surgery, and he is day-to-day. He is not ruled out versus the Jets tomorrow on Black Friday just yet, so which is good, according to Mike McDaniel. We'll have more updates uh, as the games against the Jets, you know, 
you know, comes, you know, closer, you know, during the day of, but I will keep you up to date with what's going on with Devon A. Chain as well. Another running back news, Packers running back Aaron Jones was carted off with a knee injury versus the Chargers. Tough break there. Uh, however, it was appears that his knee injury is better than originally everyone expected, and hopefully it is not long-term, but and that is, it was on a long-term deal, according to head coach Matt LaFleur. The latest update now is that he is unlikely to play today uh, in a couple hours, actually, a couple hours versus the Lions due to an MCL sprain. So he is most likely will be out versus the Detroit Lions today and uh, uh, against the Lions on Thanksgiving. So tough break there. And uh, hopefully Aaron Jones comes back because he is a good running back. And hopefully a lot of these guys are getting a speedy recovery happening there. So Seahawks safety, Jarek Reed has torn his ACL and he will be out for the rest of the year. And this is per ESPN NFL insider, Adam Schefter. He was the rookie safety that led the league and he was third in the league, actually, sorry, third in the league in special team tackles. Tough break there. Tough break there. You lose one of your, your, your top special teams players. And he is a, uh, he was a dynamic threat for the Seahawks there. He is out for the rest of the year after tearing his ACL. 49ers safety, Talanoa Hufanga is out for the remainder of the season after tearing his ACL in Sunday's win over the Buccaneers. Tough, tough break there. That is a safety that you don't really want to lose. They got some depth there, luckily, but it's still not Talanoa Hufanga. And I think Hufanga has been a, a solid threat in the secondary position for them and losing him and losing that toughness and that physicality that he brings on the secondary secondary uh, area. It's tough losing him for the year, but they lost him for the year after tearing his ACL in Sunday's win over the Buccaneers. Now, finally, before we break down and look ahead to these games, uh, Jets quarterback Aaron Rodgers has said that December 24th is his target date to make a miraculous return to the field after tearing his Achilles in week one versus the Bills. He said that he wants to start practicing by December 1st, and the Jets seem to be in playoff contention in order for him to return. Now, here's my question. What surgery did he get a, what surgery did he get? Or B, was the injury less serious than we thought? Because it takes usually a long time to come back from these injuries. And it's looking like right now, he may be making a return come Christmas Eve and against the commanders. And I, I don't know. I, 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 I just don't, I don't know. I'm kind of, I'm curious about it. I don't want him to rush into it and not re-aggravate it. Uh, but at the same time, it would be a, a miracle, a miraculous return and to see him play. He's throwing the ball and he's off crutches and he's walking. He's moving and he's running. He's doing some things that you normally wouldn't do with a torn Achilles right now. Uh, so it was either A, I think less serious than he thought, or he got, a, he got a type of surgery that was just, you know, that was there. Let's just put it that way. That that had some money involved and that was going to make him a lot better, a lot quicker, and a lot stronger to come back on and to play this season at the Jets. We're in playoff contention. So we'll keep you updated on everything with the new, with the injury updates. Uh, thoughts and prayers go out to everybody on this list and wishing him all a speedy recovery. And we'll keep you an eye on the, on the Aaron Rodgers situation because that is very interesting to me. Now, let's... Conclude today's episode of Pigskin Frenzy because we had to have some Thanksgiving, guys. So, week thir- week 12 preview and predictions with the games that I'm covering. Let's kick it off with game number one, Jaguars at 
Texans. The last matchup was September 24th. The Texans won 37-17 in Jacksonville. They blew them out in Jacksonville. 20-point win. Are they going to try to do that at home? Let's see. Texans are on the hot streak, but the Jaguars, they're still 7-3, and three and they, they can do it. But here's the thing. Let's go to the, we can go to the keys and talk about this and break this game down a little bit more because what I found striking was the, the, the stats that I looked at and the, and, and, and the rankings that I looked at. The key here to this for the Jaguars, you got to find a way to find a way to rattle CJ Stroud. The Texans are second in passing offense in the NFL. And they score. Let me just put it that way. They move the ball down the field. CJ Stroud has been putting up numbers. If you haven't seen it by now, you can watch it Sunday against uh, Sunday at noon Eastern or one Eastern against the Jaguars. He's been throwing the ball, lights out. He's been putting up near uh, 300 to 400 yards per game as a rookie. And he has been uh, leading these te- this team to victories. To victories, not just... Okay, yeah, he played a good game, but they lost a close one. No, he's been leading this team to victories. They're winning, and it's first year. D'Amico Ryan's head coach, first-year head coach coming from the 49ers, and C.J. Stroud, their rookie quarterback, you know, and he they're leading them. They're winning games, and he's on a roll. He is one of the best players in the NFL right now, and he's a rookie. In line for player for rookie of the year uh, on offense and could be in line for MVP if he keeps playing the way he's playing. You got to find a way to stop CJ Stroud. He's rolling and he's not stopping right now. So you got to find a way to do it. Here's what strikes me in that though: the Jaguars are 13th, uh, 30th, sorry, 30th in passing defense in the NFL. That is a big problem when CJ Stroud just launches the football there. That is a big issue there. So we're going to have to see if the Jaguars can bump that up and try to slow down CJ Stroud and find a way to rattle him. Key for the Texans, try to want to try to find a way to run the football with Devin Singletary. Uh and it's hard because Devin Singletary, yes, he put up a, a pretty good number against the the Bengals, but uh when you look at it and listen and you, and you just feel it, man, Jaguars are fifth in rushing defense and the Texans are 25th in rushing offense. That's tough. That's going to be tough to try to run the football on because the passing is going to settle, settle itself. If you find a way to break it up and run the ball and run the rock, I got full confidence in that you 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 can probably win this game. If they can find the Jaguars can find a way to slow down the pass, they have a, have a way of neutralizing and relying on that rushing defense and the, they get the Texans. They can get them. But if they pass the ball well, Texans do and they try to find a way to run the ball on a top 5 rushing defense in the in the, in the league, it's going to pose problems for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Who wins this ball game? Jaguars or Texans? close game. Uh, the Jaguars are seven and three. They played a good game against, you know, they, 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 they played a good game last week. They beat the Titans. Who do I have? Who do I have one in this? You got to give me the Texans right now. I think the Texans are just too hot. I think Jaguars played a good game against the Titans, but this is the Texans. The Texans are a lot better. I think the Texans are on a win streak right now. They've been rocking and rolling. You got to give me the Texans. I think the Texans with CJ Stroud is doing it. He is, you know, he's not slowing down and he is looking like this team could be a legit playoff contender uh, if they keep playing the way they're playing. I think the passing is too hard for the Jaguars to contain, and I think I think T.J. Stroud gets them, and I think the game will be 
fairly close at first, but then I think the Texans will run away with it. Uh, I do believe in the Jaguars. I like the Jaguars a lot, but I got my money on the Texans right now because I think the Texans are just too white hot right now. Texans, 38, Jaguars, 24. 38-24. Texans 38, Jaguars 24. Jaguars move to 74, and the Texans move up to 74 as well. Now, Browns and Broncos. Browns at the Broncos. Cleveland heading to Denver. And Browns are 7-3. Broncos are 5-5. Five five. When I look at this game, it is a game where it's conflicting. It's conflicting. It's tricky because these are some these are this is a team in the Browns. I got a Singy defense, and they're in it right now. The Broncos are in riding a highway of momentum and it something's got to give here. So here's my deal for the Browns. For the Browns, you got to establish the run game with Kareem Hunt and Jerome Ford. And why do I mention that? Well, the Browns are second in rushing offense and they have uh, a two backup running backs behind Nick Chubb because Nick Chubb is not there with Nick Chubb there. It was a dominating presence running the football. They are holding their own and they are a second rushing offense in the league. They are running the rock as well as anybody here. And first the Ravens, and we're going to get to the Ravens here in a minute. So the second is Browns. Now, when you look at the Broncos on trying to stop the run, they are dead last in the league at rushing defense. And I think that's what strikes me the little bit the most. And I think that is a key that I'm kind of concerned about because I think the Broncos, I think the Browns will run the football. I think the Browns are going to figure out a way to uh, dash and uh, get their way and try to deplete that defense, that rushing defense. And I just don't know if they're going to have the right answer for them when it comes to running the football. Now, uh, when it comes to stopping the run, now, for the Broncos, you got to have a perfect offensive game plan against this defense and try to match their physicality up front. You got you to gotta find a way to give them new looks and find a way to confuse them a little bit to try to move the ball down the field because this defense is tough. This defense is very tough. You got to match that physicality up front, man. You have to. I think on the line is important in this game because this Cleveland Browns defensive line can get you. Uh, they can add some pressure. Uh, create a, cu- a couple of sacks and create some chaos and make you and force you to make some bad throws and even turn the ball over if need be. Uh, so you got to have a perfect offensive game plan. You got to try. To, if you're Russell Wilson, you got to design some new things up, do some, add some new schemes that they have. They're not that that they're not used to seeing and they haven't really prepared for. And you got to match up their physicality up front. Block. Block and block. When you're trying to run the ball and you're trying to throw the ball, anything, block and protect with a strong Browns defense. So, who do I have one in this ball game? Close game. I think it's going to be a lot closer than advertised. But I think, I think right now, I think the Browns have a solid defense. But the way that everything is going right now, I got to give the game to the Broncos. And you're thinking, what? You just hyped them up dead last in the NFL rushing defense. I'm going to go for the upset here. I'm going to go for the upset at home. I think the quarterback thing is too iffy on my part to to see anything. Because you you can have a good defense, but you have to have a a solid enough offense to move the ball on. Um, And I, I think the running game could get them for sure. But, 
I think quarterback is my biggest question for the Browns right now. I, I like DTR. He's a good, solid quarterback and good option. But I just think that right now, when it comes to quarterback play, Russell Wilson's been fighting, and I think they don't slow down here, and I think this is where the Bron- the Broncos get them. I think they upset the Browns here and move to 6-5, and five, while the Browns move to 7-3. and three. Final score, close though, very close. Broncos, 24, Browns, 21. Broncos, 24, Browns, 21, and the Broncos get the Browns Sunday and upset them at home. Now, Ravens at Chargers. This is Sunday night football, ladies and gentlemen. Sunday night football on NBC with with Mike Trecko and Chris Collinsworth on the call. Eight and three Ravens. Chargers are four and six. Now, here is the keys to the game. Uh, if you break it, both things down, what I was really impressed with with the Chargers was I liked how they played against the Jets. I liked how they played against the Lions. They lost, but they played a good game. Didn't look all that impressive against the Packers, though. It's kind of the the consistency. I need to see consistency from this team. They are too good of a football team. They got the talent to beat anybody to be not consistent. You already know my thoughts on the Chargers. I've mentioned it too much. Let's go with the keys for this game. The Lamar Jackson just has to pass the ball efficiently. The Ravens are 19th in passing offense in the NFL, and the Chargers are, well, they're last in passing defense in the NFL. They are last. And uh, even though they're 19th, it's not their expertise in this. They're more of a running, running group. I think throwing the ball well in this one is going to... Uh, help increase their chances into, you know, making more explosive plays and to trying to sew up the game, you know, for the Ravens. So passing the ball efficiently is my thing for Lamar Jackson and the Ravens right now. Chargers are last and they really, with the talent they got, it's a shame because they got some good secondary. They got Asante Samuel, Derwin James, and they got some good corners and then some good safeties to try to stop that, that, that just try to stop the pass. And they just, they can't. So I don't know what, I guess it's coaching. I don't know what's happening, but you already know my thoughts on it. I'm not, I'm not going to keep on going on with it. Uh, for the Chargers, you got to find a way to slow the run down. Uh, and I mean that wholeheartedly because the Ravens are first in rushing. And when they run the ball, they are number one. Now the Chargers are 11th in rushing defense. They are near, near at the top 10 or a one-off for being a top 10 team in rushing defense. And they just, can't stop the pass. So they can slow down the run a little bit. They just can't stop the pass for some reason. So it's a blend of both, man. You slow down the run and make them pass, but if you make them pass, you can't really stop them that well. So it's kind of like an iffy thing. So it's looking like the Ravens could beat you in other ways, maybe. So let's see what happens. But I would slow the run down and slow what they do down when it comes to speed and intensity through the run. I think Lamar Jackson included uh solid running back there Gus Edwards and Keaton Mitchell also included in that as well just slow the run down for against the Ravens and just try to contain them you know when they put the ball when they have the when they uh you know are on the ground and doing a, a consistent ground game I would just try to find a way to control that and contain that who wins this ball game I think this game's going to be a lot closer than advertised. You're going to think, wow, really? You've been kind of saying that on the Chargers all year. I think it's going to be closer than advertised. Uh, I think the Ravens get the win, though. I think the Ravens will will win this ball game. They'll go to 9-3, and three, and they'll beat the Chargers. I, I, I honestly think that the Ravens get them by a score of 31-28. 
I think uh, it comes down to a field goal, tied game, and Justin Tucker kicks a, uh, a late one and wins the game late. 31 Ravens, Chargers 28, and Chargers move to 4-7, and seven, while the Ravens move to 9-3. and three. Last game, and before we conclude today's episode of Pick Game Frenzy, because I have to go get ready for Thanksgiving. Bills at Eagles. Um, whoo. Bills won. They played a great game against the Jets, and they played, uh, you know, they played solid. Did give them the old college try fist there, but they played solid. Josh Allen yelled, I'm back, while also throwing an interception. Was that a subtle roast? I don't know, but uh, I don't know just yet. The Eagles are 9-1, and, and they go to Lincoln Financial Field. Ooh, <laughs> that's going to be tough. And I say that because the Bills need this one. Uh, the Eagles are in it regardless. The Bills need this one. The Bills need this win. Bad. Um, I think, and, and, and this is just what, how my heart views this. Eagles, kind of sluggish on offense. They got off to a slow start. But they find the way to win ball games. They just find a way to win it. The Bills get right. They got rid of Ken Dorsey. They have Joe Brady as their interim offensive coordinator, and they were moving the moving the ball around a lot, kind of like how LSU did in 2019, right? So let's just see what happens there, and let's just see what you know goes down in this game. It should be a fun one. Here's the keys to this: Josh Allen needs to play a sensational game. He needs to play like MVP Josh Allen, like the guy that we were voting on him to win the MVP. And he needs to ball out. He needs to ball out like a top five quarterback. And that means protecting the football. He has the most turnovers in the league at 15. At 15, he has turned the ball over 15 times. It is hard to imagine a top five quarterback like a Josh Allen to turn the ball over 15 times. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. I cannot believe that stat. But he's turned the ball over 15 times. He's got to play a sensational, sensational game, and he's got to protect the football. He's got to protect it. And now, if you're the Eagles, you got to limit the weapons around Josh Allen because once Josh Allen goes, you hear the snap on my microphone. You hear it. He goes, okay? He goes, and he's not stopping. He's white hot, and it's hard to stop a white hot Josh Allen. So what do you do? You limit the weapons around him, i.e. James Cook, i.e. a Dalton Kincaid, and i.e. a Stephon Diggs and a Gabe Davis. You limit the weapons around him. You you, you shut them. You contain them. You limit them. If you limit the weapons around them from doing a lot of production, and not only that, limit their possessions, then Josh Allen doesn't really have anything else to do, right? And the Eagles can sew it up. I think this game's tricky because the Bills need this one. The Eagles uh, don't really need it. But uh, if you want to just do a do a thing here, you know, it's a, it could be a close game and it could also not be a close game. So, and, and that's what I'm kind of fearing a little bit. So who do I have one in this ball game? <laughs> uh, and I'm just going to say, uh, on this one, like, uh, it's tricky. I think it's going to be tough on the road. Right now, though, right now, I think backs are against the wall. They come out and they play hot. They play hot. But I think right now, the Eagles are too tough right now. And I think the Eagles get the win close. Close. The Eagles get the win. I think Josh Allen and them are going to come out hot, come out swinging, but the Eagles get the win close. Score, 
27. I said the Eagles win 28-27. Eagles 28, Bills 27. A point victory for the Eagles. And the Bills dropped to 6-6. Six and six. The Eagles dropped to 10-1. and one. I low-key kind of hope the Bills try to make that, you know, make that the opposite because they need a win here. They desperately need a win here. Guys, thank you for joining us here on Pigskin Frenzy, and that is all we got for today. Uh, we're on YouTube and all audio platforms, guys. Subscribe on YouTube. Uh, like each episode, leave comments down below. Follow and share around with others on Podbean, Spotify, and Apple. Uh, X, Instagram, and Facebook. All you got to do is just type in Pigskin Frenzy. Follow like the pages there. You'll get episode updates. You'll get news and highlights from across college and NFL football. And you will get trivia questions on Instagram stories. Go and I'll answer today's as well as all things of today for Pigskin Frenzy. Guys, happy Thanksgiving. Go enjoy today. I got to go get ready. I got to go get changed. And uh, we will see you guys Tuesday for another edition of Pigskin Frenzy. We're going to break down all things college football from Showdown Saturday. Guys, I'm Joel Norris signing off. Have a happy Thanksgiving. And for everybody out there, stay course.